Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Colin Urquhart. This morning we're going to talk about oil and water. Now, in the natural, oil and water don't mix. But in the spirit, they're one and the same. Because both oil and water are ways in which the Holy Spirit is described. Now let's talk about the oil first. This is olive oil. It hasn't been blessed or sanctified for anointing. It's just like the olive oil you would have in your kitchen. But God takes what is natural and when he blesses it, he uses it in supernatural ways. And all the way through Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, when God anoints people, it is with oil that the anointing takes place. Now, in the Old Testament, everything that happened in the temple was to be holy because the temple was the place where you worshipped the holy God, holy Lord. So everything was consecrated. That means set apart for the purpose of God by the anointing with oil. And the high priest, who was the only one who was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies, he was anointed with oil. The priests that were set apart for the particular functions that they had to perform were anointed. Now, when they were anointed, that signified that they were set apart for the purposes of God. It was their calling, but also uh, they were, if you like, sanctified, consecrated to God for the outworking of their calling. You remember that when David was called by God to become king, he was anointed by Samuel, he was anointed with oil. And our queen at her consecration, at, at, at her um, coronation, she was anointed with oil as a sign that she was being consecrated to God's call upon her life to reign as our queen in this country. And she has taken her consecration very seriously, as we all know. She is a woman of faith. So oil has that significance. And uh, still in the New Testament, we see that uh, if anyone is sick, let him call for the elders of the church to anoint with oil because God will use that as a powerful way of releasing his 
power into people's lives for healing. It's not the oil itself. If you look at the scripture in James, it's the prayer of faith that accompanies it. But the oil signifies what God is doing by the power of his spirit. So oil is, all through scripture, is very um, powerful. It speaks of anointing. Now, let's think about Jesus for a moment. We know that he lived for about 30 years on the earth before his ministry began. And when he was born, uh, in fact, before he was born, the uh, prophetic word that was given to Mary concerning him is that his name would be called Jesus. So Jesus means that he is Savior, the one who saves. So for 30 years, he lived with the name Jesus, but not with the name Christ. What was revealed to Mary is not that he should be Jesus Christ, but that he should be Jesus. Now, when he went down to the River Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist, identifying completely with our need because he was going to be our representative when he went to the cross. After he came up out of the water, the anointing of the Holy Spirit came upon him. Now, nobody could anoint Jesus with oil because uh, there was nobody of greater uh, position or authority than Jesus himself. Only God could directly pour upon him the anointing that he needed. Now, the word Christ means the anointed one. So when, if you like, the oil of the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus at that time, he was Christed. He was Messiahed. Because the word Messiah is simply the Hebrew word. Christ is the Greek word. But they both mean the anointed one. So he was Messiahed. He became, at that moment, the Messiah. It was always his call, you understand. But now he was going to begin to fulfill his ministry as the Messiah. He was going to fulfill the ministry as the Christ. And so from that moment on, we recognize him as Jesus Christ. And by the mercy and the grace of God, all those of us who believe in him live in him, the anointed one, the Christ. Now, <clears throat> when you became a believer, you became a Christian. Now, there are many people that call themselves Christians because they identify somehow quite remotely or perhaps superficially with not being anything else. Uh, well, I'm not a Muslim and I'm not an atheist and I'm not a, a Buddhist, so I'm a Christian because we've been brought up in that kind of context in this nation. 
Sadly, there are less and less people that identify in that way. But we know that what matters is that people are really Christians. Now, why are we called Christians? Because when we become believers, just like Jesus, we are Christed. You see, he was Christed, he was made Christ when the anointing came upon him, when the Holy Spirit came upon him. So whether oil was used at that time or not in your life, the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God came upon your life. And God wants every one of us to be baptized, to be filled, to overflowing with the life and power of the Holy Spirit. That is a wonderful, wonderful privilege. Now, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit 55 years ago. And all through my ministry, I've depended completely upon the Holy Spirit. And I can praise God for all that I've seen him do because of the anointing. Now, the anointing is always God upon the person. It's not the person. It's what God does through the person. As I was praying in the early hours of this morning, it may seem strange, but after 55 years of anointing, I came to appreciate my anointing in a new way. As it appeared to me at the time, earlier today, I felt for the first time in my life, I really understood and appreciated the anointing that God had put up on me. That might seem strange, but that's actually how I felt. The point is this, that you see, just as in the Old Testament, as soon as the oil of anointing was placed upon a person's life, they were consecrated and set apart exclusively for the purpose of God. So I realized that that anointing that God had poured upon my life when he filled me with the Holy Spirit consecrated me and set me apart to belong totally, exclusively, forever to him, to be used by him in whatever way he chose. And I realized that that truth is the same for every one of you that when the Holy Spirit came upon you to anoint you, you were set apart and consecrated by God for His purposes exclusively. Not only that you belong to Him because He purchased you by His blood, but He empowered you for all that He wanted to do in your life, all that He wanted to do through your life that actually the greatest privilege that it's possible for a human being to have is to be anointed by God 
to receive his own spirit and for that spirit to be living in him or her. So every one of us are priests according to the New Testament. That whereas under the Old Covenant, just a certain number of people were anointed and set apart as priests to serve in the temple, in the New Testament, everybody who is Christed, everybody who is a believer, everybody who is anointed becomes a priest. Called by God, set apart by God, to serve the Lord. Now, another way in which Jesus described the Holy Spirit is as water, living water, not water in the natural. You remember on the last great day of the feast that we read about in John chapter 7, Jesus said that rivers of living water would flow out literally of the belly, of the guts, from deep within all those who believe. Living water. Now, Jesus didn't mention or describe or explain that that was the Holy Spirit. But John, in writing the gospel, explains this, by this he meant the Holy Spirit who was not yet given because he was not yet glorified. So when the Holy Spirit was going to be poured upon believers, when they were going to be Christed, or literally become Christians, then they were going to receive the glorified Spirit. And the Scripture speaks of this living water as flowing from the throne of God. So if you have received the Holy Spirit, you have received the pure living water that flows from the Holy Spirit, that flows from the throne of God. God the Father, in the name of Jesus, has poured that pure, holy Spirit, holy living water that is all-powerful. Everything that Jesus did, he did in the power of that living water. Every miracle, every healing, everything was in the power of that same living water that flows from the throne and through your life. Now, that seems so wonderful. And we think, okay, why then do we not all see God moving in our lives and using us in the ways that happened in the ministry of Jesus? Here is a pen. This pen speaks of words we write or words we speak or even of things we do. It's actually a leaky pen. 
deliberately chosen for the task. I don't know if you can see, but up here, it is now discolored water. The living water is still there, but it's discolored by sin. Now, I don't know about you, I would not like to drink that water. (laughs) And I do not intend to drink that water to prove the scripture that those who drink poison (laughs) will not die. So we know that any sin is going to be counterproductive to the anointing. Stains your fingers. Gets everywhere sin. The effect of sin. All the way through your life. It has an effect. You think you might be able to hide your sin from others, but actually it affects the way you relate to others. It affects everything that goes on in your life. But sin is not the only problem. Here is some milk. Now, let's take this milk to represent your natural abilities. Here is the divine power of God, the life of God. Here are your natural abilities. What so often pours out of our lives is a mixture. Something of God, something of self. Now I can drink this. Doesn't taste all that good. (laughs) Because neither is it water nor is it milk. But you see, this is what we so often present to other people through our lives this mixture. And yes, they drink it. They drink from our lives. They receive from our lives what we say and what we do. But we understand that so much of self can get in the way of the anointing. And sometimes we're even wanting to impress God with ourselves rather than with the Lord himself, what we can do. And people sometimes steal the glory from him. Look how the Lord has used me, kind of attitude. What we all aspire to is this, that we want the pure living water of God to be pouring out of our lives. What we have to understand then is that God has called you, he has set you apart, he has consecrated you with the oil, he has Christed you, he has Messiahed you, so that now, the scripture says, you live in Christ, you live in the anointed one. And the secret is this, Christ, the anointed one, in you, the hope of glory. So Jesus 
word to the disciples and to all of us is rest in me, remain in me, continue to live in me, the anointed one. And the anointed one will continue to live in you. So all of God's purposes in our lives are going to be fulfilled in the power of the Holy Spirit. Whether you think of that as the oil of anointing or the living water that flows from the throne of God and through our lives. Why Jesus lived like that is because there was none of this and nor was there any of that. He never did things out of sin, obviously, but nor did he do them out of any self-motivation. Everything was for the glory of the Father. See, this sin gets everywhere. I've even got this ink on my tray now. Because sin leaves stains. Sin leaves marks. So praise God for the blood that when we're like this or like this, the blood makes us like that. Praise God. And what God wants us to do is to stay like that. And okay, because God is working in us in the frailty of our humanity, there may always be a little bit of the milk because he's working through imperfect channels. But as little of self as possible and as much of him. So if we're going to live out the anointing that God has placed upon our lives, we obviously have to keep ourselves free of sin. And praise God that if we do sin, we have one who speaks to the Father on our behalf, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and make us pure and holy in his sight. And you might try to put on a performance to appear to others to be like that. But God knows when you're like that or when you're like that. And you can never hide it from him. The wonderful thing is that because of the saving grace of Jesus Christ, God doesn't judge us when we're like this. But he draws us back to himself so that he can cleanse us, make us like that, and use. So what the scripture tells us in the New Testament is that each one of us are vessels. That we are vessels made for what the scripture calls noble use. 
I was reflecting the other day on how dependent we are in society for a whole lot of other people. All the people that help our society to function. Things we just take for granted, you know, that there will be trains occasionally and there, <laughs> there, there will be buses in threes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the whole structure of our society does depend upon people doing their jobs. And they may not be Christians, they may not be Christed people, they may not be believers at all, but actually they're fulfilling a function from which we benefit. And society couldn't run in any other kind of way. And how thankful we need to be for all these people that really in one way or another are serving us and enabling us so that we can be the vessels of the Lord appointed by him to be those who will take the living water to the world, to all these people that living their lives we benefit, but they don't know him. They're not Christed. They're not Christians. They're not born again. They have no eternal inheritance in heaven. They have no savior to love them, care for them, be with them in all the circumstances of their lives. And how God therefore has called and set us apart, not just for ourselves, but so that this living water may be poured out into the lives of all these other people that are in the society. We benefit from them. And I believe what God is saying is he wants them to benefit from us not just by the worldly functions that we fulfill in our jobs and so on, but also because of the dynamic of his spirit that is at work in our lives. And what God wants is to see his kingdom come, his kingdom to be extended, and we need to be, we need to be praying. We need to be here at Victory in Prayer. We need to be using every opportunity to be praying that we will have a much greater impact upon Horsham, upon the 25-mile radius, upon the nation and beyond, that this living water will flow through our lives, that God by his mercy and grace will keep us free from sin and that we will be in that place of denying ourselves so that more and more of the living water of God can be reproduced and, in our lives and be flowing into the lives of other people. So use the living water that God has already poured into your life. Use the anointing, not just for yourself to meet your needs, but understand that that living water will flow through your life and out of your life and into others as you pray for them, as you witness to them, as you encourage them and speak words of faith and hope into their lives. Never, never even... Uh, Question how the power of God can work through your words, through your actions, through your love. Because the love that God has poured into our hearts is not the natural emotional love of the world, but is that love that is revealed in Jesus Christ. It is that love that God has, not built upon emotion, 
but the love that seeks the greatest and highest welfare of all those who are the objects of that love. And I want to, just before we finish, talk to you about the training center, the Bible college that we have here in Kingdom Faith. Now, you saw a promo a few minutes ago. The term starts in, in two weeks, tomorrow. And I, uh, I go around tr- speaking in many other places, of course, and in many churches that have Bible schools, not full, necessarily full-time Bible schools like we have here, but I've seen the effect in churches where virtually everybody, nearly everybody in the congregation has been through their Bible school, has been through their teaching and training program. And I see the effect that that has upon the church and the, and the quality of what people are able to do or, or the way in which God is able to use them with the anointing of his living water, of the oil, of the spirit that he's poured upon their lives. And I believe that we as a church here greatly underuse this resource that God has given us. Many of you, if you chose to, could come to the Bible school in two weeks' time. And, I, you know, I always say that one year at Bible school can teach you more than you'll ever learn in 60 years of ordinary church life because intensively you're coming under the Word of God and His words are spirit and life. And you see, the more our faith increases, the more the living water and the oil of the Holy Spirit can be expressed in our lives and can work through our lives in ever-increasingly powerful ways for the benefit of others. Now, you know it's a residential college, but church members don't have to be resident at the college. Obviously, you can uh, still live in your own home. The teaching program is mainly, is basically in the mornings. We worship from 8 o'clock in the morning and the teaching program is from 9 to 1 o'clock, Monday to Friday. We appreciate that sometimes housewives with children can't get there at 8 o'clock because you're, you're having to deal with the children. But you can, could be there by 9 o'clock for the beginning of the teaching program. And I believe that there are a number of people, God has really laid this on my heart this morning, there are a number of people here that need to come to the Bible school, that God is wanting you to come and be equipped and trained for what he has for you to do. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be in full-time ministry at the end. You hear of the great exploits that some of our students do all over the world but there are other students who come and they just go and, and God uses them in their local church context. And that's what I'm, I'm asking of you. I'm not saying 
if God is calling you to full-time ministry somewhere else or to be a missionary or something like that, I'm just saying God wants to equip you for your ministry here within Kingdom Faith. And you could do it if you think about it. You could be there from nine to one. If, if you don't have responsibility for children to get to school, you could be there from eight to one. You would benefit immensely. And I know there are some of you, many of you here have been through the Bible College, but there are lots of you who haven't. And there's always concessionary rates for church members. Hallelujah. It's not expensive. So I really ask you to, to pray about that and to get in touch with the church office. Just give a call if, or, or get online and fill in an application uh, form there because you realize that you're here this morning because God is speaking to you about it. Hallelujah. But it would be wonderful to have 20 or 30 people from the congregation here in the college this year. We don't know how much longer the college is going to go on in this, in, in this form because, uh, you know, everything is changing and there's no faith camp and we've got a lot of our students from faith camp in previous years. So this is a wonderful opportunity for us to follow this teaching program and to be equipped with the Word of God and the anointing of God your prayer life, your relationship with Jesus, just, uh, it, it is so much closer, so much more wonderful. Even after the first week, your life is changed and transformed and God just goes on and on and on, blessing you and doing more and more in your life. So it would be wonderful if uh, more of you were able to do that. I haven't preached this message as a promo for the, <laughs> for the college. I was going to talk about the college after we finished the sermon, but it, it just seems to have flowed on. So God has made you one of his consecrated, sanctified ones. He has anointed you. He wants this pure living water of the Holy Spirit to be flowing through your life to be a blessing to so many people. He wants this to become this. He even wants this to become much more like this. So that's true for all of us, whether we come to the training center or not. So let's all stand. Because I want us just to spend a few moments praying this morning. I want you to close your eyes and to be very still. And to thank the Lord first that he's Christed you. That he's Messiahed you. that he's put you into the anointed one. And he's put the anointed one into you.
thank him. And when he did that, the oil of the Holy Spirit came upon you, filled your life, consecrated you to him and to his purposes, that you are a priest of the living God. Priest is the one who offers sacrifice and service. So your body is a living sacrifice, holy because of the consecration, a living sacrifice, holy to God, consecrated to the Lord. He's chosen to do that. It wasn't what you chose, it's what he chose to do to you when you gave your life to him. You might never have realized just how blessed you are, how privileged you are to be Christed, to be Messiahed, to belong to him for all eternity. So thank him. Perhaps as you've listened this morning, you know you're anointed, you know you've received the Holy Spirit, but you know also there's some sin, there's some disobedience that you're allowing to persist in your life. I don't mean just the little things that crop up day to day, but some ongoing sin in your life. And you see how that is discoloring the living water. So now would be a good time to say, Lord, I turn away from that sin. I don't want anything tainting your Holy Spirit spirit of your holiness that you have placed in my life. This wonderful privilege. And Lord, I realize that that sin only exists because I've never really appreciated what it means to be called and set apart for you to be anointed by you, to be chosen by you. So I thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes and cleanses away all the stains, all the impurities of my sin. Just thank the Lord for that.
you might also realize how much of self you project to others. Jesus said, if you're going to follow him, you've got to deny self, not try to exalt self or to impress others with self. And you realize that, yes, there's goodness pouring out of your life. What able, people are able to receive is something of God, something of Christ through you. But you may realize at this moment that there's still too much of self that is discoloring. It's not tainting the water like sin, but it's discoloring the water. And you want to pray this morning like Jesus, uh, like, like the scripture says, not I, like Paul says, not I, but Christ. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So you can pray right now, Lord, thank you that you saved me from sin. Thank you that you saved me from the devil who tempts me to sin. But thank you that you also saved me from myself. That now Christ might live in me and be expressed in my life beyond anything that I've known. So I praise you for the pure living water of your spirit. And I dare to believe, Lord, that that living water will flow from the throne of God through my life every day. Now as you pray, just listen for one more thing. Jesus said that he didn't speak any words of his own. He spoke only what he heard. And when he talked about the Holy Spirit, he said that the Spirit never speaks from himself, but he only does, he only speaks to you what he hears from heaven. So Jesus functioned by what he heard. The Holy Spirit functions by what he hears. And because we belong to him, because we've been Christed, we function by what we hear. And faith comes by what we hear. So how important for us to listen to the voice of God and listen to the voice of the Spirit. You know that scripture that about the shield of faith, which is the word of God. The Greek for word there is not the logos, not the written word of God, but the rhema, the spoken word of God. <coughs> the shield of faith is what we hear day by day by the Holy Spirit. God enabling us to live in that relationship with him where we hear from him every day through his word but also as he speaks to us out of our relationship with him so that faith operates in our lives all day long. That's what he's wanting, isn't it? 
So, Lord, we thank you that you make us men and women of the Spirit, men and women of the Word, that we listen to what you say and your Holy Spirit enables us to put into action what you say to us, that faith rises up within us and we know that we can do whatever you call us to do that it doesn't matter the situation, doesn't matter our feelings, doesn't matter the circumstances. We can do everything that you call us to do, that we can be the overcomers that you've called us to be, that you will never leave us, you will never fail us, you will never forsake us. And just before we finish, Lord, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit will, will speak to various members of kingdom faith that are present here and even perhaps some who aren't able to be here at this moment about coming and doing the course at the training college, Rafi. Not only for their own good, but for the good of all those who will benefit as the living water of your spirit will flow ever more freely through their lives as a result. And Lord, I, I know that sometimes to the natural mind, things, when we first hear them, seem impossible, but then you show how they can become possible. And Lord, we know finance isn't going to stand in the way because we will make it possible for any church member to come. So we bless you and we praise you and we thank you. Lord, thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the oil of your spirit. Thank you for the living water. And may we live in the good of that anointing for your praise and glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, come on, let's give the Lord a great big thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.